In this episode, Ryan and I had a lot of fun talking about love, peace, and chicken grease. We hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm James Nethery, your host. And I'm Ryan Griggs, your co-host. And as usual, you know, it's an unscripted <laughs> uh, conversation. And uh, we did kick around topics. We though. took some notes. We did? Well, you did. <laughs> I have did. four different topics, and I'm not clear on any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to bring some clarity somehow. Yeah, and I got to say that this particular episode is was recorded in uh december twelve twelve. you know the full moon on 12 a.m at 12 12 a.m you want to give them an address time. too i mean we getting how specific we getting no hey the world headquarters <laughs> of the uh banking with life uh persona podcast Banking with life dvd the world headquarters of banking with life is in alvarado texas 20 miles south of fort worth mm-hmm. and i just got to say this is where the real people live it is not <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, it's Fort Worth. And I know it we're is, south. yes, and they are separate, and there's an hour between them for a reason. Yeah, the world headquarters of Banking with Life is in Alvarado, Texas. Well, you know what? I feel like, one, that we haven't done this in a while. I feel like it's been a little bit since we were last at our, at our table with our microphones. And, and some things have happened. So there's been some conversation, would you believe it, out there online, on the internet, on the YouTube, Facebook, comment threads, emails, text messages, WhatsApp, Facebook, all the different mediums that are maybe too conveniently accessible. To <laughs> uh, and what's come up over and over and over again and what we've talked about before, but, you know, don't knock repetition until you try it. And, you, you know, know a, a I young need to man. say it. People need to hear it. No, I agree with that. And I'm just saying that I had a conversation the last couple of weeks that um, they specifically referenced you. You know, Ryan says, uh, don't knock repetition. And I agreed completely, and I agree with him. So You know, I got that from a pastor who's, I, I forget his name, but he had a number of prominent sermons on YouTube and mm-hmm. passed away. But he said that one time, church lit up, you know. I like it, though. Yeah, no, it's, it's very good. Okay. So the subject, it. I don't even know if I said the subject, but the subject was policy design or premium structure. In what? Uh, in a conversation? What do you, you know, in, on social media? Well, I get these phone calls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are, by the time this is out, 2020, there's going to be nice little options, methods from com for the people who I want to talk to. You know, I haven't met you. Looking forward to it. He wants know. to talk to everyone that is legitimately interested i mean you're not looking for debates on social media are you and i explained that to some let me say the man is a debater seriously so if you want to debate him you know by all means reach out to him but (laughs) no don't (laughs) no no don't (laughs) i like that uh the what's her name the dowager the maggie smith on downton abbey they're having a i don't know who that is i'll explain they're having a it's a i don't know victorian england setting and they're on the estate and she's the matriarch of the family i'm in i'm all in right and she's a bit of a smart ass and someone says <laughs> someone talked about arguing or uh, i think that was the line arguing i think that was the word and she goes oh dear i don't argue i explain <laughs> 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 and i don't i mean i'm not I, like I, I don't i i have done debating i did mock trial high school college very successful at it i'm i 
graduated college. That's in my past. I no longer care to do any of that. So no, there is no debate. And anyway, <laughs> one of these agents calls, I say that so harshly, an agent in the life insurance industry called. And one of the many <laughs> little gems from the conversation <laughs> was, you know, I was telling him, listen, we don't, I don't, I don't debate. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. The context was he was telling me that he was going to try to convince his actuaries at his company <clears throat> to adopt infinite banking to, be, that, to start to support infinite banking and i'm like wow i commend you is That's, that why he called you to ryan i'm i'm convincing my company to adopt infinite i mean that's that not, was the uh background yeah okay so he felt that he wanted to update me on that which okay i mean i'll listen so that was the context and said that you know <laughs> one of the things was you know he wanted me to send him my policy copy of my policy getting back to that topic of policy design and premium structure right was he gonna because pay a premium oh, i don't know <laughs> yeah that should have been the question how much premium you paying you know then we can that should be that yeah. question should have been answered before the phone call even started but anyway okay I'll, in the moment going back to that policy design question you know i guess there are voices out there online um well-intentioned you know i'm not trying to say anybody just out there to you know ruin anybody or anything like that they're well intentioned they're not trying to piss me off they probably don't even know who i am right that's fine everybody but knows who you are there's people in the infinite banking world there's people the the suggestion out there that it is appropriate to ask for an agent's own policy so i i don't even remember the guy's name right we didn't, the, the the phone call wasn't even scheduled right he just called out of the blue i'm at my grandmother's house doing on you for thanksgiving you said hello hey listen i'm a christian on i'm vacation. the first to admit my fallen character okay <laughs> <laughs> i make mistakes too uh that was one of them uh so there's the idea and the, he even phrased the question this way he he said would it be crazy for me to ask if I could see your policy without missing a beat, I said yes. <laughs> and he thought I said yes to the, will I send him the, because he thought he asked the question. That, oh, no, he said, sure. I was answering the question he asked. He said, <laughs> would it be crazy? Yes, it would be crazy. It absolutely would be crazy. And then he jumped smooth over that. You know, imagine going to a CPA and be like, you know, show me your, you know, how much, how ta how much tax you pay last year? You know, how, how'd you handle all that? Yeah. You know, uh, excuse me you know but look again not malicious i know he didn't mean it and you know I'm, he might even listen to this i'm not trying to beat you up but listen if you call you know you the agent or the advisor the agent the advisor like just you know be aware we've got a podcast <laughs> <laughs> even have a follower i will use it <laughs> um, we'll, we'll keep keep going on anyway so but getting okay but he wanted to see yeah. enforce policy enforce business illustrations on of your policy right right because and this is why i'm getting to this because he wanted to see the design right he wanted to see the structure how's the premium arranged and for some reason this seems to have become the main topic on a lot of the youtube threads the comment threads you know it's a it's become a marketing tool i think you know, you're well, not you mean, you're not really doing infinite banking unless your policy has this specific percentage of total premium to the base and this specific oh, of yeah. <clears throat> percentage of uh, premium to the PUA. You know, the implication, the insinuation that oh, they're not doing it right. You know, well, the, duh. I mean, it would it'd be so easy. Got to use a big four. 
Oh gosh, I can't I mean, hardly get over that. You know, it's like, <laughs> why are you leaving out Penn Mutual? Tell people what that means. Big Four. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, well, so I have the pleasure, genuine pleasure, of talking to an awful lot of people, um, and it comes up quite often when someone is new, newly exposed to the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. There's a, a few questions that are that come early. Yes. And one of them is, uh, who do you write for? Are you using one of the big four? And I'm like, what? So I automatically know that they've done their research on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you've got to sift through an awful lot of junk to get some, get to some good stuff, in my opinion. <laughs> and I'm being genuine. That's the technical term for it. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being nice. Um, without being condescending or contentious. Condescending was the word. Okay, yeah. condescending. We, we'll the get into that. Specific comment. Condescending. Um, but one of them, you know, do you use one of the big four? You know, who are the big four? And then they'll they'll name four large life insurance companies, mm-hmm. very old. And and I always ask them, typically, oh, why are you leaving out Penn Mutual? Oh, who are they? Oh, one of a big, large, very old life insurance <laughs> company that I don't particularly right for right okay so i'm yeah. not promoting and i don't even know why i'm okay throwing out Penn mutual's name and i don't ever use any All other life yeah. insurance company's name, <laughs> <you know? laughs> i guess to make a point i don't know but so the the perception is and it's been blatantly stated in print different places and on different uh forums and social media that oh, just stay away from any other company that's not a big four company which is new york Life. Guardian, Mass Mutual, and Northwestern. Northwestern Mutual. Okay. Big four. You mean big as far as assets? Big as far as the home office building? Big as far as the weight of the CEO? <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? Big. You know, they uh, they have the largest payout of dividends, or they have the largest stated dividend scale, or yeah. they have the largest outstanding loan policy. Or they have the, the largest uh, portfolio of non-performing loans. I mean, what do you, what do you, let's clarify big. So, and I don't know what that particular definition is right. um, no. from the people that promote no. the big four. So does that help? Does that explain? That's exactly, yes, that explains. <laughs> so the, we hear a lot about big four. Oh, you got to write with the big four. Your policy's got to have this specific design. Otherwise, it's not an infinite banking policy, or or this this uh, this is infinite banking. Everything else, the agents making tons of commissions, or they don't know what they're doing. I've got a ton of designations behind my name, so I'm the expert. Or, you know, I've been the back office technician of the largest IMO in the universe, and so I know how to build policies. Mm. Whatever, or my other, my brother in law, or my uncle, you know, or my dad grew up in the life insurance business, or my whatever mm-hmm. the background may be. My question, though, uh, if I go back to the call from the mm-hmm. agent who, uh, I, don't, I don't know, brazen. Uh, Direct? I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I give credit. You know, willing to call, willing to pick up the phone, and I, I, mean, I had these questions. Yeah. And if, if, which is flattering, you know. He got, finally got down to the question that I think he was wanting to get to and it was just like you know what's your advice and he threw out a couple options he had told me that he's planning to do a CFP program and had certain reasons for wanting to stay with the company that he was with which is why he wanted to 
talk to the actuaries so that they could improve a, their, love, the PUA rider. I mean, wait a minute, wait a heroic, heroic goals, right? Yeah. And I, God bless them. I, I wish, trust me, I wish every life insurance company in the world would turn around and realize what they have to offer people. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Right? But look, did you ask the gentleman if he had considered any of the illustrations that Nelson included in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker? You know, these things happen, and then you think about the things you could have said, would have said the yeah, day or two right. later. It's always better. Yeah. 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 So, no, of course not. Okay. But there's the – and another thing, you know, people <laughs> I see on Facebook threads, uh, you know, and, and we've had suggestions on – for our show, you know, could you do a specific head-to-head comparison? You know, could you compare doing IBC or, you know, how's IBC work for the entrepreneur? Or how's IBC work for the real estate investor? Or how's IBC work for the... Listen, y'all are all banking. Everyone is banking. It don't matter what, whether you start a business, have an income, pay an income, variable income, You have a manufacturing business, a farming business, a serving business, a service business. Yeah. It doesn't matter what kind of business you're And even if you don't have a business, every family is financing, every family is banking. All right, now, I'll get off this guy that called, <laughs> but, but <clears throat> I think that's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, um, I, I'm at a loss for words. Listen, this so, is what I what I have come to like, conclude. Okay, what I've come to conclude is that, and I've suffered from the same problem, is that, uh, as you say, you know, life insurance companies didn't come up with IBC. They did not. Yeah, you know, it came from one man, Nelson Nash. You know, had decades of his own personal God-driven mission to help correct the financial thinking out in the world to filter out the noise, bring it back to the truth, right? Um, So I think that theme of having to go about redeeming the industry, redeeming the level of financial knowledge out there, (laughs) right, is is going to be never-ending. And we're part of it. I got to redeem my own thinking, right? Here I was, just like... Nelson talks about Nelson used to talk about Harvard MBA thinking, top down thinking. You know, got to go get the designations, got to go get the PhD, got to go get the letters after your name. I was right in that, you know. It didn't come until 2017 that I finally, you know, the fish are the last to notice the water. Another thing Nelson <laughs> used to say, you know, they finally look around and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm right in the middle of the thing that I don't want to be a part of." So it helps I, I'm you, not saying it helps you identify, classify. Absolutely. So I'm not out here pointing fingers saying everybody else needs to work on them. I'm a case study in this, right? Uh, Aren't we all? Yeah. But I think that point is where I'm trying to go with this is that we in the industry, the clients, the home office, the agents lack the proper understanding of how this business needs to be done. And that's a strong statement. I that's know. pretty bodacious. Young men going to tell a 300-year-old <laughs> industry what's wrong and how to do it? Well, I think they've managed to survive because of the integrity of the product, right? No question. Whole life works, period. It's hard to break. You got to try, right? Yep. And I think that's been the, the fundamental reason. We humans, you know, give us long enough with anything, we'll screw it up, right? <laughs> yeah. So... I just want to but point yeah, out. I think that there are some things that need to change. And, I, I agree. And listen, I'm encouraging. I'm not. You should be bold. Okay. Be bold. Be bold. Um, and the the advisor, the agent, is a big producer, self proclaimed, self identified top producer. <clears throat> yeah. What I call him. And he's going to so educate know. an actuary. I mean, you think about that. 
talk about bodacious. Wait, I'm every actuary wants to be educated by a life insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say with a straight face. And I wish him the best of luck. I'm not trying to be hard on him. You know, that's yeah. why I'm not trying to Look, name, I've been his name out there or anything. But home office in the boardroom mm-hmm. of several life insurance companies, and a few of them that I do not uh, write for. Yeah, encouraging them to consider the infinite banking concept. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but everybody was in, you know, the, the, the president, the vice president, the marketing, the RVPs, the chief actuary, mm-hmm. they were all in there. It wasn't like I was trying to pick on an actuary. Right. I and mean, I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I was there with 10 or 12 other professionals mm-hmm. in the IBC infinite banking concept footprint. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we should educate yeah. the yeah. life insurance companies the client, the prospective client, each other, you right. know, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. So, which means a little debate every now and then is okay. You know, right. not saying we're seeking it out, but <laughs> I'm not seeking it out at all. Not at all. And in fact, on this same phone call, one of the things that he mentioned, you know, cause I was, he was, we were talking about marketing, talking about how, my how, eyes how are to, starting to roll back in my oh, head. Oh right yeah. Now. <laughs> real quick. And you know, lead generation, these things, all that world. I'm like, listen, we I'm don't, halfway don't, into a coma. Yeah. Listen, I don't do any of that. I don't want no part of it. I don't do it. And he interrupted. He said, well, you guys have a podcast. That's exactly what you're doing. Ooh. And I said, oh, no, no, no. Don't misunderstand. You know, these conversations happen anyway. Yeah. And some of them are replayed. It's a conversation that we already had and just going to have again. Make them better, improve, right? We just happen to put on some cameras, turn on some lights. And invite you to listen. That's really and Join it. us. Yeah. I mean. And then so when you get the comments or the phone calls where it gets combative or contentious no, I'm or I'm just, we're not interested. Uh, no, thank you. The disclosure is we do sell books. We do put links in the notes mm-hmm. to buy books, DVDs, and then even other articles that are not at yeah. cost. Um and of course, you know, um, uh, full disclosure, I am a licensed life insurance agent, as you are. I am an investment advisor representative. I get paid, and I'm a capitalist, okay? I am a capitalist. And no, you do not have free markets in America. So, um, but I am a capitalist. We do this for a profit. We get yeah. paid you commissions can't pay enough and fees. So, <clears throat> nobody's. I can't pay enough premium. You can't pay enough premium. Yeah. I buy as much life insurance as I possibly can. As possible. As much as the underwriter give you. I'll get a side eye from my wife. Or used to. (laughs) Don't as much anymore. But, okay, so you were were going to the comments on, uh, oh, oh, no, yeah. He said, oh, that's exactly what y'all are Oh, yeah. And I said, no, no, this is, don't misunderstand. We have a mentoring relationship. We have a personal relationship. We have a professional relationship. We're just turning on the camera so that people who want to listen, who want to learn, who are teachable, who are coachable, who want to hear what we've got to say can participate. And we don't even put money into ads. I mean, this ain't, we're not even trying to get in front of people, right? It's like, if you want to, come on, you know? Right, there's information on how you can contact us you, his cell phone number is obviously out there somewhere if a, a life insurance agent across the country can call him and he picked up the phone he'll listen, pick up the phone if you call listen, we're in december okay <laughs> I, the new procedures the new processes are not yet up but by the time this podcast is released they will be up and i'll give exactly like you say 20 minutes up to 20 minutes free no with anybody 
after that, maybe a different story. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, when people call and reach out to us, you're, they are typically, you know, they want clarification. And I really hope at the end of the day, that's what this podcast does is brings clarity. Mm-hmm. Right. And then advances the idea that you can become your own banker. That's the whole purpose here is to advance the idea that you can become your own banker. Um, and then when it comes to this podcast, and we've talked about this previously on several episodes, Ryan and I, and it was his idea, we did a five-part book review of Nelson's first book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And quite frankly, I think we should do book reviews as a series. There's a lot of books that need to be reviewed and promoted, exposed. Okay. I have so much time to do all that reading, so that's good. That's all I'm looking for is another project. Well, you're going to have to work <laughs> that in between your debate scheduling. Uh. And, okay, but I want to say that as we were doing this five-part book review, um, and, and, and let me even go further back than that. As a PhD student in Lubbock, and the Free Market Institute is how you came to know Bob, Robert Murphy. Mm-hmm. Y'all became friends, right? And the idea of his work kind of led you to the infinite banking concept, which led you to Birmingham, Alabama, the Nelson Nash Institute. And he was very much alive and well at the time, Nelson. And then so you, 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 you decided that you wanted to become an infinite banking practitioner, mm-hmm. Right, and you wanted to do that, implement it in your own life, and so that developed into Nelson Nash himself. When you become a recognized practitioner through NNI, there's an interview process for the professional. Right, there's an interview process. Um, after the interview, there's an educational coursework, and then the uh, mentee or the potential practitioner is assigned to a mentor of the Nelson Nash Institute. And they pretty much choose the yeah. board members of the Nelson Nash Institute, which is Carlos Laura, Dr. Robert Murphy, and David Stearns. And at the time, Nelson, yeah. um, a couple of years ago, it was Nelson Nash. Well, Nelson put us together. He said, no, Ryan and James, you know, and you happen to be in Texas and the mm-hmm. Panhandle where it's flat and cold. And <laughs> I'm down here where it's beautiful and warm. It was close <laughs> enough. So that's kind of the, the background of that. Mm. Um. Then I forgot where I was going. Trying to go into the background, the backstory of this up. podcast. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So it. we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're do, We we developed a great friendship mm-hmm. and relationship. Professional, just like you said earlier. Um, personal. Um, while we're doing this five part series, which was a labor of love, oh. that took a long time. It had to be what, shot twice. What y'all see is twice, or three or four times. What y'all see is the result of many, many hours of trial and error. <laughs> and what you don't see is the interaction between takes, between yeah. cuts. Yeah, because we can't and, help but have fun. And we had a tremendous time. And so, you know, I had a podcast in development working, in, and it's like, no, we need to – to do this podcast because it's too entertaining in my opinion. I don't listen to a lot of things, but I listen to some of our podcasts and I'm genuinely <laughs> smiling most of the time from beginning to end. And whether anybody else is, yeah, right. <laughs> I really hope you enjoy it. And, and also if I try to listen, you know, just from um, a perspective client or general public perspective, mm-hmm. I find it educational. 
you know, genuinely entertaining and yeah. educational. And it should be. That's right. Yeah. So, so and a lot of people will listen to this. And what I have found, what I what was unexpected, you know, here I am two and a half years ish later. What I and I figured I'd be working with members of the public, you know, people who want to get into policies, that kind of thing. What has been a pleasant surprise is the agents and the potential agents or the current clients who want to become agents yes. who want who want to know how do I get in the business. Yes. You know? And then I'll say this too, because we were going to talk some about education. At least that's in one of my notes somewhere. Um, you know, you get people who maybe they're young, and I feel for young guys. I'm, I'm coaching one who's 24. Wow. Right. Wants to get into the life insurance business to do IBC. Right. So f for those who don't know, being in finance is hard enough. Right. Well, as it is. Finance. Yeah. And then if you're going to be in finance and then choose to focus on the infinite banking concept, which most people hadn't even heard of. Right. right. You're stacking the deck <clears throat> against yourself. So we talk a lot about what's the track you know how do i if, if you're currently employed how do you go from that job to getting into the business do you work part-time do you keep the main job do this on nights and weekends do you quit all of it and jump right in right which is what i did which is not advisable <laughs> right but you learn a lot that way and i've one of the many 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 things that i've had the pleasure of learning is the uh, learning of is the need out there for just information to the people who want to get in the business how to do it you know, sure. uh, you know, do I go to NNI first? Do I go get licensed first? Do I, you know, how, how many states do I need to be licensed in? Mm -hmm. um, do I need previous financial experience? That's where I was going with this is that, no, my gosh, no. I, I tell people, you know, people <laughs> bemoan the lack of financial awareness in the, out there in society and the culture, in you know, and you get the idea that some people say, oh, they should be teaching that stuff in school, you know, right? How to write a check, balance a, an account, pay taxes. All. I'm like, no, no, it is far worse to be misinformed than uninformed. I would prefer you to be uninformed. Right. That way, we don't have to go about doing any unlearning. You yeah, know, look, unlearning is more difficult than learning sometimes. Absolutely, because the fish are the last to notice the water. You don't know what you know. Ooh, come on now. You don't know what you don't know. That too. You and a lot what? of times, what people don't understand <laughs> is how deeply ingrained a lot of this financial thinking is out there. Right. So you hear the question, "Well, what's the internal rate of return on that policy?" What's the interest rate? Is yeah. it earning 4% guaranteed? Yeah. And I can't wait. Uh, somewhere around this time, we should Oh, be in we January. should absolutely talk about this 4% oh, no, guarantee thing. I don't want to talk about that on this particular podcast. But you, I now do you're teasing people. You're going to bring clarity. it up and then. Uh, you have an opportunity to come back and subscribe. <laughs> and and uh, when it comes out, you know, you'll be notified if you hit that notice. Uh, you got to subscribe thing. and hit the bell and all this. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, of the many different. People don't realize the extent to which the conventional financial approach, which I truly believe is flawed, and look, I'm putting my money and my time where my mouth is, okay? The subject of the PhD dissertation is a new sort of financial economic uh, are theory. Gonna, are you going to break it? From the perspective of Austrian economics. Talk about teasing. Come on. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been going back and forth for a year on what the subject of this puppy is going to be, and I think after much, much conversation with you other people bob of course 
uh, yeah, that I think the subject's going to be financial economics from an Austrian perspective because what y'all don't realize, and what I told this gentleman who called the agent who called me, who talked about the CFP thing, he said, well, you know, what's, what's your advice? You know, he's like, well, I'll probably do the NNI program, but I got to do the CFP thing first. You know, it costs money, of course, right? And they don't bat an eye dropping however many thousands of dollars it is for that. But, you know, you side-eye the NNI program, like, it's how much? <laughs> exactly. Then, yeah, it's cheaper, by the Swallowing way. Swallowing camels, yeah. straining at gnats. And so what I told him was I, I would uh, not do the CFP thing. No, thank you. Um, it's available to others that you know, I'm sure there's great things, you know, but you can see the course list. You can see the textbooks. You can go to the websites. You can Google the authors of these textbooks. When Nelson was going through his CLU program, Chartered Life Underwriter, another designation, you know, they were, Paul Samuelson was the author of the textbook for the course on economics. Mm. Supporter of the Soviet Union. What else do I need to tell you? You know, so you're going to go be around that. And his comment to me was, well, I know some Austrian economics, so I'm pretty sure I'm inoculated against that sort of Keynesian stuff, that, wow. the sort of flawed, frankly, communist economics. And it's like, okay, and I get that. You know, I get, okay, I've, you know, you learn the truth. That helps you identify what's not true, and you can, you know, keep yourself between the lines. I get that. I get that idea. Right. But and it's From, possible. It's true. It's, it's everything's possible. Difficult. Yeah, with God, all things are possible. But <laughs> <laughs> unlikely, but possible. Uh, but you, see, you cannot help if you spend time in that kind of environment, whether it's an academic environment, whether it's a professional environment, whether it's a familial environment, whatever the environment. If you spend time in that situation, you cannot help but absorb their way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it gets on you, <clears throat> and you can't get it off can't get that stuff off quick enough and so why even do it why are you gonna pay money to go be to be immersed in an environment of flawed thinking for what so you could have some letters after your name mm -hmm. well it's perceived there's a perceived need you know i mean i know when i was young that you know uh <clears throat> when you're young or when you're yeah when you're young it's tough to get any props get any respect oh my gosh talking about people oh my money. gosh you know, a 27-year-old talking to a 55-year-old, you know, is like, what do you know, boy? So <laughs> Precisely. Um, it's real. And, and so I understand the perceived need to have some designations, experience, or for if you don't have the experience, the time yeah. to, to make up for that with well, and it com And it comes from a genuine place. It's not like people, you know, people want to work with someone credible. Sure. And so that's really the thing is like these designations, letters after your name, all that, those are just signals regarding your credibility, right? It's yeah. an indication that more than likely you have greater credibility than the alternative, but that's not necessarily the case. Right? I, you know, I and, always viewed the, the participation in the industry, you know, like the MDRT. Did you mention that earlier or am I bringing that up now? <laughs> You're bringing it up now. Okay. <laughs> well, it, whatever the different organizations, um, affiliations, you know, I always viewed that <clears throat> early in my career. I felt less than, you know, I didn't have any degrees or designations yeah. and, and it is tough. So you just have to outwork them. Um, but I always, I seen the value in those, that the education that you could learn by participating and then sharing them with the general public, I would, my, I would, I just want, or I thought that I would want to 
uh, I, I thought the person or the prospective client could see that at least I'm a student of my profession. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. I'm participating in, in trying to do better. So I see the value there. Right. We're not fly by night. You're sticking around. You've invested some time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So, and so it does come from a, a, a good place. And people do need a track to run on. They do. You know, you got to know, okay, how can I go about, where do I need to spend my time? Where can I go learn the truth? Where can I improve my understanding? You know, how can I get better? I think though, a lot of times we talk about, you know, what needs to be taught in the business and what some organizations could be teaching. And I think a lot of times it doesn't have much to do with finance per se. You know, it's got to do with, you know, how well do you write? How comfortable are you talking to somebody? How comfortable are you sitting across from someone telling them they need to take a quarter of their income and put it into this asset that they'd never heard of before? Right. right? You know, I, that's going to make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, well, do you do it? Can I see your policy? Uh, <laughs> which, again, I get it. You know, you want to practice what you preach. I do practice what I preach. Yes. I just don't feel compelled to convince somebody of that. Right. I know it. I know. I'm, I know how much premium coming out of my account this month. You know. <laughs> Do you know what your cash values are? You know, I, a funny thing. Every time I, I every time I'm like I'm worried. I'm not. But when I have the occasion to log in and look at my cash value, yep. it always happens to be higher than I think it's going to be. Isn't that something? That I mean, every you think of that cash values and net present value of the death benefit. Rewind that, listen to that. The cash value is a net present value of the death benefit. Part of that net present value calculation is the time factor, right? So therefore, every second that passes, every minute that passes, that cash value must mathematically increase. It must. You can't stop it. It, it might not say it on the screen. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to sit there and watch the cents add up. You know, it takes time for all the technology to catch up with what's really going on. But conceptually, mathematically speaking, if there's a future cash flow, namely a death benefit, that cash flow is going to have a present value, which is what the cash value is. And if you're going to present value calculate something, you got to factor time. Yep. So if that time factor is reducing, <laughs> it must be the case that the present value of that future cash flow is increasing. That's for the mathematician. I mean, that's for everybody right there. If you, <clears throat> it can, would be, if you can get your head around that, that's, oh my, that's, wow. And that's going to be the foundation. That's the, the foundation of your financial life is, okay. a, is a mathematically certain truism that the value must increase. Just by the mere existence. Just by, <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm still here, you know, still yeah, breathing. I love that. I got to say, it's the net present value of a future death benefit minus a future premium. Yeah, that's the net part. Right. Net of the cost. Net of the premium. That's a, it's a net present value. That's yeah, right. That's all it is. <clears throat> but you know, it's not, you know, and okay, it's technically called a cash surrender value. It is a surrender value. It is what the company would pay if you quit and walked away. Why would you? I don't know. But if you did, that's what you get paid. You right? slipped off into yeah. the noise. But what I. I have heard that, you know, there's a sort of a hostile way to phrase that where it's the, it's been put where it's cash values described as, you know, the life insurance company wanting to get out of a future death benefit. And so they're trying to bait you into quitting earlier, right? To taking the cash value so that they don't have to pay that future. (laughs) It's like, oh my goodness. Well, you hear, you hear all uh, going back to one of the several questions that come up early. 
Um, and really, these basic questions, this question that I'm fixing to talk about, there's a ton of information out there, even on the Banking with Life channel, YouTube channel, right? Even, especially. Especially. <laughs> you mean the life, if I die, do I get both the cash value and the death benefit? And we've talked about this. Yeah. You mean the mean old insurance company is going to keep my cash, cash value? The dirty rats. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. Look, when you sell your house, you don't get the purchase price and the equity that you had in the house. Well, who did? Did the agent, the real estate agent keep that? Uh, probably. He probably, probably got a commission too. He's probably going to, you know, Florida or oh. California or, or Ireland or mm. Scotland. I'm saying that because by the time this podcast I'll airs, have, yeah. this episode, he will have- I might be back in the US. I don't know. I might he, just stay in Ireland. <laughs> may have returned, may or may not have returned from Ireland <laughs> with his family, so- yeah. Okay. Much needed vacation. So is your is your cash value compounding at four percent a year? Oh. I know. I keep bringing that up. I'm going to tease. I get it. We're going to. So I mean, let's blow that up. Though the idea being that I, you know, I want to have a strong rate of return, and I'm going to go contact five different agents, and I'm going to ask them each for a quote or an illustration, and, and then send me your illustration. Right. Right. And I'm going to vet them. Right. Which, because on which policy would you like? The person to see who's that? learned about this thing for the last three months is the expert. Right. They're the ones that are going to know to choose based on an illustration which you can't okay illustrations are not contracts by the way we've talked about illustrations i don't like talking about them but others talk about them so we have to keep talking about them uh, <laughs> illustrations are not contracts ain't nothing in there is a is contractually binding or a promise or nothing that's an illustration it's true as of the time it's printed and as soon as the clock ticks another mark <clears throat> the current experience of the company is no longer current so the it, it, who knows, right? Illustrations, I've said it before, say it again, don't knock repetition. An illustration <laughs> can be a source of clarity if the educational foundation oh has been God. laid. If the educational foundation has not been laid, then the illustration will be a source of confusion. Uh, permanent, almost permanent. Lasting, confusion. abiding. You know, and confusion. I say often that, look, an illustration is exactly that. It's a point in time right then when it was created and printed. Um and it just gives you the ability to see what could happen mm -hmm. if nothing changes, right? And everything's going to change, right? Um, but then, and just speaking specifically to that, where people call and, you know, we're talking to you and somebody else and somebody else, and and uh, we, we get a lot of calls on a daily basis. And if you're working with somebody or going through their process, our encouragement is to go through their process, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm not interested in coaching another agent indirectly through a client. Or quarterbacking no. them. No, or, thank you. Yeah, no. Yeah. I wouldn't want them doing it to me, and I don't want to do it to them. In my heart of hearts, I believe that the financial advisor, whomever they are in whatever capacity that they work in, whether it's Wall Street, insurance, whatever it is, um, I believe that most of, I believe that their hearts are in the right place and they want what's best for their client. And, yeah. and that's what I expect the best solution, um, how the best solution for a particular client is derived at. It's an educated and informed client and an educated and informed professional. Mm -hmm. I think with two informed, educated people, they can get to the correct solution. You know, so 
and it doesn't take me to quarterback or second opinion, yeah, um, any of that. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to the illustrations and the people that that sometimes call in and and say, "Hey, talking to four or five different people, can you just send us an illustration?" and 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 that goes on an awful lot, right? And I get it. the The prospective client wants to do the right thing. They want the best decision, you know, to be made. They want to make the best decision, yes. and they want the, enough information do to make vetting. that. Mm-hmm. But looking at illustrations and comparing illustrations is not the best information yeah. because behind those numbers, behind that construct, you know, what there's all kinds of different policies that a company has yeah. and you're structuring premium, the, the allocation of premium to the base, the premium duration. There's a lot of things that go in there. And so if I look at an illustration from one company and I compare it to an illustration of another company, I'm not getting an apples to apples comparison. Right. And this is my perspective. I'm sure there's plenty of agents who would disagree. What's new. My perspective is that it is unhelpful, neglectful, potentially unprofessional to indulge those desires to quote generate to get an illustration and compare because the agent has no way if i don't know you the agent has no way of knowing whether or not the individual is equipped mentally to accurately understand what they're looking at right that's just the facts Life insurance is a new asset to most people. It was to me. It needs to be explained. It needs to be reviewed. It's comp. It it doesn't have to be complicated, but it can be complex. And there are certain things that we need to understand. You need to know whether that premium dollar listed there is whether you have the right or the obligation to pay it. What? You mean there's a difference? (laughs) Uh, See what I'm talking about? And we don't know. You don't know until that process. You know. Suppose. We talk on the phone for 30 minutes. I send you my policy. And by some miraculous divine intervention, it strikes you exactly, you know, the value is communicated from the numbers into your mind. Doesn't happen, but say it does, you know. (laughs) And then we, and then I move, I agree to move forward and get you into a process for applying for life insurance. You get a policy. Soon as the calendar page turns, that little moment of understanding fades and there's going to be new questions well you know why did i do this wait i'm i'm my wife's on me i'm about to write this check for all these digits and i'm doing what again why am i doing that you know the auto lender gonna give me a loan at two percent what am i i gotta pay five to the insurance company my cpa asked me about what i was doing and or the tax guru. Yeah, they're having a fit. They want, I got to get some tax qualified plan deduction deferral thing. I got to go play the IRS game. The life insurance is <sighs> the world's worst place to put money. You know, there's only about a 2% rate of return. And the life insurance company is going to keep your cash value when you die. And yeah. They're going to charge you interest to borrow your own money. And it's a worst investment in the world. Yeah, listen, yeah, look, I'm not, I don't want to go into This just occurred to me. I don't want to go to a dentist. Dentist comes in for 10 minutes, glances at me, and says, okay, yeah, we're just going to do X, Y, and Z. You know, lay down, and you're going to start working on me. Yeah, here, sign here. Yeah, exactly. While you're in the seat, tilted back. Yeah, let yeah. me just take this drill, put it in your mouth, and start tearing apart your body oh. because I, I looked at you for 10 minutes. I had an hour-long consultation. No, no, we're not going to – this is – Getting into infinite banking, becoming your own banker could be the most 
momentous, significant financial decision you make, and we're going to do it based off a sheet of numbers that's not contractually binding after having talked to each other for 45 minutes. You know, it could be, and it could also be the most, uh, I don't want to say the most momentous or the... uh, it could also go very wrong. This is my point. And that's exactly what I'm wrong. saying. You jump in without an education. It's like, well, I thought I was buying this. Yeah. This is what I expected or this is what I understood. And you know, I see a lot of that misconception or understanding comes from snippets and clips of different things that are out in print, audio, and video. Out of context. Out a little, of little context. bit here. Comment here. Completely out of context. Um so that's not an education. You know, and I've said this before, too. I got this from my friend Joe Kane. You know, just because you've watched an hour of video on YouTube or two or 10 or 20, unless you're watching the videos from the Nelson Nash Institute, where, as a matter of fact, and I promoted this or I didn't promote it. Um, I mentioned it in a previous podcast that will have been out by the time this episode is out, that you can go to NNI and buy Nelson's like the seminar to eight hour seminar yeah so in my humble opinion you cannot talk intelligently about the infinite banking concept unless you've heard that man go through his six to ten hour seminar yes so if you want an education that's a great place to start his book becoming your own banker and the video of his seminar um yeah go to the source and and, then and then let me let me continue with Joe Kane. You know, you, mm-hmm. you you hear this quite often. Well, I've done my research in the last week and a half. I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've done a deep dive, and I'm all in. All right. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> research. That would is that research? I mean, I mean could be. Could be part of. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, the question that people end up at. You know, how do I know when I'm ready? I mean, do I have to get a master's degree in life insurance to become oh, my own gosh. banker? Yeah. And Ugh. no, I mean, and the client and I know oftentimes because of the lack of information, because of the lack of awareness and understanding that's out there, people feel the need to guard themselves against the unknown, right? And so we sure. want to know everything from a to z you know all get all the boxes checked and i get that i understand so what i tell people is you need an essentialist understanding you need the essentials if i get hit by a bus tomorrow you need to know what you bought why you bought it and how to manage it that don't mean you need to know who the first last names date of birth country of origin of every life insurance home office staff member i mean you don't you can go down a rabbit hole, right? You can take up as much time as those poor souls are willing to give you. But at the end of the day, you need to know what your rights are, what your contractual authority is, how, why the numbers on the page are what they are, why they move the way they do, what your authority is with the company, you know, the essentials. How is it built? Why is it built? You're right. Way. Why isn't it built another way? What's your obligation? Mm-hmm. What's your contractual Man, obligation? Are we giving this away for free? What's your contractual <laughs> rights? What are your contractual rights? Well, I got to say that, you know, if Christopher Columbus went out and did his research in 1490, wouldn't he have came to the conclusion that the world was flat more than likely? Mm. So in, in, the, in those terms, research would be a gathering of the consensus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 
That's so, good. That's, and what, that's often what it is. It's like, from okay. my friend Joe Kane. Absolutely true. Well, and people say, you know, what should I do to prepare? And, and like you just said, you know, read. There's a 90, short little 92-page book by the guy who came up with it. Just read that. Just read that. Wow. There are other options out there, other books, other things, mm-hmm. you know. And at the end of the day, my encouragement, just go to the source. Go to the source. That's where you start. Absolutely. Yeah. And he has a second book, Building a Warehouse of Wealth. Mm-hmm. And his seminar on DVD at, you know, the Nelson Nash Institute mm-hmm. in their store. We should merch it up here, you know. We should merch up the Banking with Life yeah. and sell things, right? Get a Patreon account. and. I mean, if you <laughs> want to be inventory manager, that's okay with me. <laughs> I think Amazon got that handled. Well, I just want to make sure. Oh, wait, are you trying to sell me a book? Like, oh, my gosh. You got to read? Person? I don't read. I don't have time to are you read. you making any money on that? I don't read. I don't have time to read. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank goodness there's a podcast at bankingwithlife.com <laughs> or wherever on YouTube. Wherever we are. Wherever, I mean. And Apple, somebody asked, know. That, you know, is there an audio version because they're so used to YouTube? And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, there is. And so I sent the Stitcher, I think, was the link. So there's an audio version if people didn't know that. An audio version of what? This podcast. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, oh, I didn't know you were talking about the book. And, oh, yeah, no. Yes. All right. Now that's minute forty-eight. You got anything more? I don't know. Did we talk about anything? I think so. <clears throat> no, I'm good I with that. Really remember? We talked about education. Fisher, the last to know. Hey, it calls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. Listen, with that. I'm not mad at anybody either, and we. I'm. It's not condescending. No, it's all. Know? I had a gentleman tell me the other day. He's like James. Um, I really, you know, I appreciate that. Love, peace, and chicken grease. My grandmother loved that too. You know, and, and I and I think at the a few times that I've said that, and I say that. Look, I married a hippie. My wife, Jana, um, <laughs> set you know, designer. Yes, absolutely. Um, that originally came from Kinky Friedman. He was a, a quasi hippie cowboy who ran for governor of Texas probably twenty twenty five years ago. That's where I got that Kinky hmm. Friedman. Okay, love, peace, and chicken grease. So. Man, makes me hungry. Let's get some Full disclosure. <laughs> okay, no, thank you for listening. See, we had fun. I hope you had fun. Um, yeah. You See know. you next time. Come back. Come back, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.